0: now the big idea that I have written tonight for this passage I entitled it God glorifies himself in saving the lowest men and I want to make three points in fleshing out this big idea I want to look at who we are the nature of us who Christ is and what God has done in Christ to us to glorify himself who we are who Christ is and what God has done in us to glorify himself Now it may seem a little weird for me to start by making a statement about our sinful natures but that is what I'm going to do our sinful nature is ever ready to glory in in ourselves we are ever ready to glory in man and to glory in flesh but we may well take verse 31 31 as a warning against all sinful boasting and remember that there is only one legitimate boasting, and that is in the Lord. Moreover, we can view verse 31 as a summative verse, that is, one which gives us the sum total of what has been said, or the conclusion of the whole matter, to borrow, to borrow the terminology from Ecclesiastes. Or we may see verse 31 as the whole. As where the apostle Paul sorry was ever leading us to since verse 1 the design of it all was that men would glory in God and not in man so let us now consider who we are Paul continues his exaltation of God and of Christ when he declares that those whom God had called unto himself were counted as nobodies by the world. And we will see that in verse 26 to 28. It says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God shows what is low and despised in the world and even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are Paul tells us that not many of us who were called to salvation are wise and Paul uses the Greek word sophos from which we get our English word sophia and it means Naturally learned or educated. Erudite. Excelling in academia. And certainly not many of us who are called are certified. Paul tells us also that not many of us are powerful. Are mighty. And he uses the Greek word dunatos. From which we get our word dynamite. It means here those possessed of natural power or ability as we consider who we really are the church today like the church at Corinth was not made up of the biggest strongest or most intellectually erudite men quite frankly the contrary of that was true Paul goes on to tells us that not many of us that are called are noble and Paul uses the Greek word eugenēs it means well-born the prefix eu means well and the appendage genos means a family or race so Paul is saying not many of us were born into families of status or popularity quite frankly we were born into families of the opposite Paul tells us that in the world's estimation we are foolish And he uses the Greek word "moros." Yes, from which we get our English word moron Yes, it means dull Or sluggish Foolish, to be silly When we call some person a moron We are really Despising their intellect Or their intellectual abilities you know, We are saying that they are foolish Also tells us that in the world's estimation We are weak Meaning strengthless. It is also used of physical strength. Paul tells us that in the world's estimation, we are low. And he uses the Greek word agonis. It means of low birth. That which is of no reputation. Of no account. Paul tells us that in the world's estimation, we are despised. It means to regard as Nothing. To despise utterly to treat with contempt Paul further states that in the world's estimation we like the Corinthian church are just simply not everything that the world prizes and seeks after we Christians are not those things but we must ask ourselves this question, is there any truth in the world's assessment of us and I, 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 beg, I, I beg to think that it is true we are really these things but let us not forget the state in which salvation found us in we were dead in trespasses and in sins and as a result of that yes we were foolish yes we were stupid we were born into nobody families when salvation came to us the world despised us looked down on us so I think there is a great truth and meriting what the world is saying about us and as we survey through the Christian rites, past and present <clears throat> as we look at our brothers and sisters is it not true that the majority of Christians are uneducated or uncertified Is it not true that very often we are inadequately educated? Is it not true that we are weak and obscure? Is it not true that the majority majority of us have been born into families of no reputation, of obscurity and poverty? You know, Barbados too has its elite families. And I don't think anybody here is born into any of the elite families of Barbados. You know, I'm I'm not a Simpson <laughs> You're not a Simpson. You're not a shepherd or a weather head. You're not a seal. You're not a king. Yeah. I'm a trotman. I <laughs> know a body. Yeah. Is it not also true that many of us were stupid before God saved us? You know, we some of us would admit that. You know, we were good, stupid, as a Belgian would say. We had a lot of sense. We would fall for almost anything. And that is the state in which salvation caught us in. And God, by His grace, drew us out of that. And now, by His grace, we are learning to be wise. Now, by His grace, we are accepted in the family of God. We are now a royal priesthood. A peculiar people those who will show forth the glory of God let us also now consider who Christ is Christ Jesus is by nature all that the Corinthian church and we are not by nature Paul tells the Corinthian church that Christ became certain things to them Christ became these things to them because he really is these things objectively Wisdom Righteousness Sanctification and redemption Notice Paul does not say that We became these things to Christ Or that we became these things to ourselves Because that would be like Trying to put the cart In front of the horse Or trying to Or thinking that some holy cart Could pull the horse The horse must pull the cart Christ became these things To us and for us Because we by nature are not these things Christ Jesus actually literally and really is our wisdom We have no wisdom apart from him Because there is no wisdom apart from him All that is apart from him And in opposition to him And calling itself wisdom is really folly Verse 24 of this same chapter refers to Christ As the wisdom of God And here he is our wisdom he became wisdom to us what we have in the gospel what we have in the incarnation is divine wisdom condescending to mankind yes stupid mankind God became man and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory his glory in his wisdom No man that has walked this earth Or that has ever lived On this earth Has ever walked as wise as Christ Or wiser than Christ The wisdom of Christ Surpassed the wisdom of Solomon And David And Moses and Isaiah And Jeremiah and all the names That are found in, In this Bible And what we have in false religion Is really man Trying to become unto himself wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Just think of just think of the folly of that. What the apostle said about his countrymen in Romans chapter 10, verse 2 is true about all men who do not believe on Jesus Christ. That they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, which is folly. We should ask ourselves do we know why we are righteous tonight do we know why we are redeemed and sanctified we are righteous because Jesus came because Jesus Christ became to us righteousness he became to us wisdom and sanctification and redemption and therefore our summative verse is so important seeing that Christ has become these things to us let the one who boasts boast in the Lord Paul goes on to tells us to tell us that Christ became to us righteousness not merely that he possesses righteousness though that is true but that he himself in his person and work is righteousness this takes us back to Jeremiah 23 verses 5 and 6 which says behold the days come saith the Lord that I will raise unto David a righteous branch and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely and this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Even in the Old Testament this record of Christ. Becoming righteousness to his own is given Christ becomes righteousness to all those who have come to find shelter under his wings for all those who will repudiate themselves for all those who will reject themselves for all those who will scorn themselves and their so called good works and throw themselves at the mercy of Jesus Christ Believing on him. And asking him for his righteousness. They will find that Christ becomes for them. True righteousness. What we also have in the gospel is the incarnation. And what we have in the incarnation is the Lord our righteousness. Christ Jesus has condescended to us to be our righteousness. Because we have none of our own. We have no righteousness of our own to bring before the holy and just God Whose standard and requirement is absolute and rigid righteousness That is why it was necessary for Christ to become righteousness for us Because that is that absolute and rigid standard of righteousness is what the Father requires And of which we as sinful creatures can never give what Paul is saying here in verse 30 is that Christ in love and grace has become to us righteousness he is our standing before God it is upon him and by him that we stand he Christ has answered and satisfied for us all the demands of God therefore our boastings can only be in him when we look back at verse 12 the Corinthian church they were boasting in Apollos and Paul and Cephas. And some were even saying Christ. But Paul still saw it fit to, re- to rebuke them. Because somewhere along, along the line they did not have the right perception of Christ still. So Paul still found it necessary to rebuke them. But here in verse 30 Paul redirects them to boast in the Lord. All their wisdom is in Christ all their righteousness is Christ they were sanctified and gifted and preserved in Christ Paul tells us that Christ has become to us sanctification and redemption we are not set apart in the world but we are set apart in Christ the only setting apart the world has for us is setting us apart from themselves because they hate us, <laughs> because they despise us. that is the only setting apart that the world has for us. All the wisdom and the knowledge that the world has and seek could never sanctify us. Remember verse twenty one tells us that the world through wisdom did not come to know God. The world with all of its wisdom and knowledge, The world with all of its education and certificates, the world with all of its rhetoric and philosophies and mystery religions, occult practices, gnosis, rhetoric and their oratory could not come to know God, could never be sanctified and redeemed. But God in His grace and in His love sent Christ who has become to us sanctification and redemption Ephesians 1 verse 7 says in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace we also sing we sing that song what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus it is not in Man's wisdom that can wash away our sins or make us whole, but it is in Jesus Christ becoming wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption to us and for us. Paul labors to show that to show them the absurdity of glory in Amen. Not only is it absurd, but sinful, idolatrous even then wisdom righteousness and sanctification and redemption when all these things are in christ then it would be idolatrous to boast in men it would be really saying that these things are not in christ but really in men and that would not and that would not be true so let the one who boasts boast in the lord what god has done but, sorry, but let, let us now consider what God has done in Christ to us to glorify himself. Paul tells us that God has chosen us. Three times in verse 27 and verse 28. It says God chose what is weak. God chose what is foolish. God chose what is despised and low. The Greek word here for chose means to pay out. To select. To choose for oneself with the subsidiary ideas of favor and love when we look at what God has done in Christ to glorify himself he has been kind to us God has been favorable to us he has shown us his love remember what the world thinks of us the world thinks that we're foolish and weak and low quite frankly the world thinks that we're not but God chose us to glorify himself Paul tells us why God chose us the foolish, the weak, the despised and he says to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God now the elite of this world the academics those of noble and royal birth. The thinkers, the philosophers, the scientists, the doctors who are trusting in themselves for wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption one way or next and ultimately God will bring to nothing those who despise God's word those who despise his wisdom and righteousness in Christ ultimately God will bring to nothing this reminds us of Isaiah chapter 2 verses 11 to 22 Isaiah 2:11 to 22 says the haughty looks of man shall be brought low and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day for the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty against all that is lifted up and it shall be brought low against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the the uplifted hills, against every high tower, and against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft, and the haughtiness of man shall be humbled and the lofty pride pride of men shall be brought low and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day and the idols shall utterly pass away and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth in that day mankind will cast (coughs) away their idols of silver and their idols of gold which they made for themselves to worship to the moles and to the bats, to enter <coughs> the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth. And then Isaiah says, Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath for of what account is he this is a very solemn picture that Isaiah paints of the Lord's day that day that God will have that day that Christ will have in this earth when he arises to shake terribly the earth and all the pride of man all of man's loftiness and all that we trust in our appearance and what school we went to and who our parents are and what job we had and quite frankly the piece of paper that a university gives you that really and truly when you put it on the wall you begin to see brown spots as it begins to decay and crumble and break down this is the utter folly that human beings are trusting in a PhD three letters what is that no PhD ever did anything on this earth a piece of paper in a, a wallet what is that money never did anything in the earth yes men might do things for money but it is men who do things not money not a PhD what is that men like in the hospital with a phd and can do nothing to save themselves cancer is eating them from the inside out and your phd from your professor can do nothing this is the utter folly that mankind does before a just and holy god this is the utter stupidity of it all and we walk around prideful Turning our but our nose at our fellow man because that we driving a little car, not knowing that that car could cost you your life. I'm not saying don't have one, but we need to humble out ourselves. That's what we need to do. That that car could cost us our lives. The stupid job that you got, and the boss just taking advantage of you, and you can't do him nothing because he can rough you up, cruel. And this is what we bring Before a holy and just God to trust in This is precisely what men Are trusting in the EU And the UN and the G8 And the G7 And they despise God's Wisdom in Christ And they despise God's righteousness And they're coming up with all these systems year after year and despising the riches and the goodness of God. When Paul says, it is these very things that lead men to repentance. And this really is hurtful. It is truly hurtful. To see that we are despising God's wisdom in Christ in favor of folly. I recently went and visited a friend that worked with me died of cancer and he lied on the bed powerless to do anything powerless this part of his body was bony 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 to be honest but his arms were swollen big and his face was so like was sinking in that you could see his you could see his skull And he just looked like one element away from death And right now he's dead Tell anybody Tell any of the men who glory in a PhD Do something for him Any of them In a double degree A double PhD Tell any of them go and do anything for him Powerless Stupid But God who is rich In mercy as the apostle say for his great love, wherewith he loved us. He has sent Christ Jesus. Yes, the Creator, who is for us wisdom and righteousness, and sanctification, because it is he who stood and said, Lazarus, come forth. It is Christ. And he didn't study at India. He didn't study in India. He didn't went to the Brahmins in India to learn. But he is the one that said Lazarus come forth When we sit down to eat food It is Christ That has given that That has produced that And even though the world might scorn Christ They are eating his food With his mouth (laughs) And you know the truth is They ought to humble themselves They really ought to humble themselves and isaiah looks forward to that day when christ will humble them and praise god that by his grace not by our goodness not by any merit in us but by his grace we were able to humble ourselves because the truth is we don't want to see christ in that day <laughs> no the bible says that day will be a day of darkness a day of smoke and tempest a day of thunderings and lightning and flashing and Isaiah said the Lord alone will be exalted in that day you can almost picture it in your mind's eye every face in the dust Christian and not Christian face in the dust and Christ alone standing up yeah every face in the dust eat it man and Christ alone is exalted in that day praise God there's coming a day when all the pomp that man has will be burst the, the bubble of the pomp that a man blow up God will stick a pin in it and it will fly away ultimately God will bring all unbelieving people who trust in themselves for wisdom righteousness and sanctification and redemption to nothing by putting them in hell that is reality, that is how God will ultimately deal with people who despise his wisdom and righteousness listen to Psalms 9 verse 17, a very sobering psalm it says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God it is not that they will go, oh oh, yeah God it's not that kind of a forgetting it is a willful forgetting and all those who will willfully forget God The psalmist say he will turn them in hell A Bajan would say it this way Those who willfully forget God God will willfully forget you In that day yeah, And you ain't come, coming in you're going, you're going left But let us think of But let us remember when Pharaoh, Pharaoh Trusted in himself And when he rejected God God brought Egypt and Pharaoh to nothing. Yes. God ruined his economy. Mash all all he crops. Out he lights. Kill his son. Bring his magicians to shame. Call up frogs. Send lice. Darkness that can be felt. Root. Mash up he army. drown all of his princes we think of the anti-diluvian world the world before the flood with all of its humanism now everybody's a god he's a god and he's a god and she's a god and they rejected God's wisdom being preached by Noah because they didn't want to hear that but let me guess that wasn't politically correct because in that day everybody's a god and you know what we are hearing that talk? now today. But oh, this boy is a god, and the next boy is a god. Not just like in those day. And then what did God do? God bring them to nothing. He drunk them. Use a god and you can't even swim, be? Yeah. You use God and little water can kill you. Amazing. <laughs> when Aaron in Acts twelve did not give glory to God. But seek glory for himself because yes, they were saying not the voice of a man, but the voice of God. What did God do? God bring, brought him to nothing. The Bible said worms begin to eat him out in the presence of all who was watching. God brought him to nothing. God showed that he is just worms. And the reality is when we die, you know what comes out of us? Worms. Yeah, It is not a pretty sight. When Nebuchadnezzar trusted in himself Instead of giving glory to God God brought him to naught By giving him the heart of a beast And allowing him To be mad For a time until he humbled himself When we fail To acknowledge God When we fail to glory And to boast in his son God in that very hour Can take away your sanity And give you The mind of of a beast But I am told that Voltaire a man that was Really vehement against God And against Christ And against Christians and against the Bible I am told that in the latter Parts of his life he went mad God took away his sanity And let me see now Who enlightened yeah, put you in darkness there is a reason why man has to boast in the Lord and not in himself because everything that man has has come from God as the source we mix up creator and creature we mix up cause and effect we look at the effect and we call it the cause a man thinks that because he has all these things he can look around and see things he thinks that he is the source because he walk in a store and buy something. He thinks that he is the source, but he 's not the source. Almighty God is the source, and therefore let the one who boasts boast in the Lord, because the Lord is the source, Jesus Christ. Was the source of the Corinthian church? Remember, we established in 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 verse two that they were sanctified in Christ Jesus. They were set apart. They were called in Christ Jesus. Paul also said to them that they were gifted. All the gifts that they had and that they used, Christ was the source of those gifts and Paul said to them that they were preserved in Christ the fact that they persevered in the Christian life Christ was the source of that let that sink in to our hearts tonight that whatever we have who among us might have education and certificates who among us might have their own home care, whatever moving on, getting through Know that Jesus is the source of that. If today you are thriving in your Christian walk, If today you are making leaps and bounds so to speak. If today you are gaining victory over sin. If today you are living right. If today you are honoring God. You are reading the word. You have that strength to put God's word into practice. Paul is saying boast in Christ. Because all of that is from Christ. Christ has been made to you wisdom and righteousness. Christ has been made to you sanctification and redemption. So there is a reason why that we must boast in the Lord. Because he is the source. God is the great provider and benefactor of mankind. And we receive of his fullness. John says... And since this is true Man is obliged to acknowledge this One way or the next One writer said God will have Every crown at his feet In heaven Moses crown will be at Christ's feet Abraham's crown will be at Christ's feet Paul who labored So arduously In the New Testament His crown will be at Christ's feet Your crown Will be at Christ's feet My crown will be at Christ's feet. Even the four and twenty elders, the Bible Bible say they cast their crowns at Christ's feet. And they say, worthy is the Lamb. The four beasts, they dare not gaze upon the eternal being, but cover their face and cry holy, holy. It reminds you of not unto us, Lord, but unto thy name, give glory. Psalm 115 verse 1. as we look for an application and as I get ready to close what does this mean for us in the 21st century century here tonight what can we take away from this may we be studious to remember to give all glory to Christ as we interact if our fellow man, as we go as we go to work, and as folks see and recognize the change that is in us, let us be careful to point them to Jesus Christ. Let us never be tempted to, you know, look at me. I am so good. But let us never be tempted to do that. But let us. Always boast in Christ, but let us tell the world that Christ has become to us wisdom. Before Christ, we had no wisdom, but since Christ has come in our lives, we have wisdom. Before Christ, we had no sense, but since Christ has come in our lives, now we have sense. Before Christ, we were trying to establish our own righteousness. And we failed. But since Christ has come into our lives, we are sanctified. Before Christ, we were trying to redeem ourselves. And to lift ourselves up by our bootstraps. Which is folly. But through Christ's blood, according to Ephesians, we have redemption let us endeavor each night and each day that we meet here in CRBC to praise and extol God with these thoughts in mind not to come in here and somehow sing to ourselves but to come in here and sing unto Christ to remember that the whole Christian life is one of glorying in Christ the whole Christian life can be looked at as glorying in Christ And seeing his work which he has done for us. And which he continues to do in our lives each and every day. When God has blessed us. But let us glory in God. And let us be honest and say we obtain this by God's grace. We obtain that by God's grace. It is God that has provided for me. This is the way that we ought to live. This is how we ought to practically glory and boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God.